Greetings, podcast listener. Have you ever wondered what Jesus had to say about the last days? Well, here is a bonus episode where my friend David and I will be discussing just that. For the full 80 minutes of discussion, please come over to the Patreon page where the full episode can be found. Here is but a sample of the great discussion I had with my friend David from that bonus episode on Matthew 24, Revelation and the Tribulation. Again, it's like there's all this sifting and sort of uh, grasping to figure out, okay, what is it actually saying? What is the what is the church um, historically seen as saying? What does the church today see it as saying? How much does it differ from how the church viewed it, you know, in the early church, so on and so forth? Which I am no expert on this by any means. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this bonus episode. I just wanted to just kind of get it all out there and, and say this was like a bit overwhelming and daunting for me and as i step back with all of this you know i think you know one of the reasons again i didn't want to do this on the regular feed was there's this uh, sort of tendency to say my view is the right way you don't know what you're talking about and you know quite frankly <laughs> if we think about uh the first coming of christ and the divisions that he brought within practicing Jews at the time and how there's a great, uh, for anyone who's seen the chosen, there was a great scene where I think what I'm trying to, to describe here was really sort of uh, put in, in picture form uh, through this little scene. But in the first season, um, John the Baptist is in prison and uh, Nicodemus comes to see him because he's been hearing about all these miracles that have been going on. And he wants to ask John more about it. And John gets into quoting a verse from the Old Testament. Uh, I think it may be Isaiah. I don't remember. Uh, but basically, that you know, talking about the coming of the Son of God. And Nicodemus quickly snaps back, God has no son. God's son is Israel. And it was like, that's the perfect sort of summation of what I'm getting at here. Because everyone's so sure of, what, of their own view of how this is all going to unfold. And I think... Right we need to approach it with humility because uh, it wouldn't be the first time in history people have been wrong. Like we know things are going to happen and we know that you need to repent and be right with Jesus. That it's very important. We know that um, it's important to look and know what's going on and realize the times in which you live. But when it comes into the minutia of the specific prophecies and things and how they unfold and at what time and all of that, there is room for discussion and debate. And, uh, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the church has taken hard positions on some of these things. When I think a more open-handed uh, approach, you know, not trying to go against any of our orthodoxy, but simply um, say, look, I could be wrong on some of my positions and that's okay because we're, you know, for most of the church, we're still agreeing on the fundamentals that this God is going to come, he's going to judge, and then he's going to set things right. I figured what I would do is I'd you know, as we're discussing this, talk about kind of the four common views related to revelation, because basically a lot of what Jesus is talking about here essentially is directly related to revelation. It's one of the reasons why I hesitated to talk about it on the podcast, because as soon as you get into that, it's just, it's just a mess. So I've been trying to kind of work around it into some of the other areas of scripture. So when dealing with Revelation and in a lot of what Jesus is saying here, there's basically four views. So the first view is the preterists. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. Yep. Who view 
all the prophecies as having been fulfilled in the early history of the church already. So that's the first major view. The second is histor the historical view, which understands the book of Revelation, including uh, much of what Christ is mentioning in Matthew and the other gospels as a panorama of the history of the church from the days of John to the end of time. And then third, we have the idealist who considers the book a pictorial unfolding of great principles and constant conflict without reference to actual events. Now, and these, these are coming right out of my study Bible, um, which I have the NASB, uh, the earlier 95 version. And then lastly, there's the futurist, which views most of Revelation as prophecy yet to be fulfilled. And that's probably the most common among the evangelical church of today. And then, of course, you know, as you settle on somewhere in there, then there's also getting into pre, post, mid-tribulation viewpoints, which kind of relate to this as well. But it's a separate, it's a separate topic, but it, it does relate to, to this, because I think a lot of how you view what's being said may, in, you know, inform your view on the tribulation and uh, the rapture, essentially. So that, so those are the views. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, as I said, I kind of have this agnostic view, basic or an open-handed view, maybe is a better way to say it of, um, I can see some merit to all the views. I can see some points about them, you know, all that I um, can relate with. One of the things, well, I guess what I will say, you know, if I were to be forced to look at the, you know, at the four views and say, okay, which of these do you least agree with? That's easier for me. I think than trying to pick the one I most agree with. And I think the idealists, you know, this idea of like, there's just, this is all great principles and there's not really any actual events going on. I just, frankly, I find that to be mostly untenable. It just, you know, cause I, I talk about an episode one of the podcast we're, we're meant to be on the alert waiting and watching. And I, I don't think we're meant to be looking for principles, but we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we're looking toward a very real tangible historical event or events that are coming sometime soon. So I don't, of all the views, I think that one is the, probably the least that I would agree with. What about you, David? Where do you fall on all this? You know, I've kind of been all over the map. <laughs> Years ago, I had uh, a very, very lengthy discussion with actually a mutual friend of ours. And we, he was going through the Left Behind series and I was going through a book by a gentleman named Gary DeMar, um, I think it's called Last Days Madness or something like that. Mm -hmm. So Gary DeMar takes the preterist view, obviously Left Behind takes a very futurist view. Um, and so we went, you know, we had debates uh, that lasted a long time, it went round and round and we went over all these issues. I ended up kind of saying, you know what? I think they're both right. Mm. And that's kind of a hard, you know, uh, it's kind of a hard uh, position to defend really. But it's because it's more of an intuitive thing. Yeah. Because um, you can see parts of this that are fulfilled in. So, so the preterist view would hold that these were fulfilled with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. Right. And clearly this is talking about the temple in Jerusalem. Right. And, it, you know, the immediate context is a warning. And the Christians of that day took this warning seriously. And when they saw Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you know what they did? They had the hills. They, they, and those were the ones who survived. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody else who waited was killed, millions of them. Mm. And so obviously they took it that way and they're not wrong. 
you know, because that's what this warning was for. Um, but at the same time, that's not the final fulfillment here. There's more. So I think, mm-hmm. I think you look at the initial pattern and you can say, yeah, that did happen in history, but this is also got an even bigger fulfillment. You see, you see that same, the same thing in a lot of prophecies. So like, you know, the, the classic one in Isaiah, the virgin will be with child. Well, that prophecy is fulfilled in the context during the time of Isaiah. And yet it's not, Mm -hmm. um, there's something far greater coming. And so that, that's my, that's my take is like dual fulfillment. And I'm even open to the historicist understanding. There could be multiple fulfillments, you know, in terms of antichrists. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, the apostle John says there's many antichrists coming. And so you're going to see kind of these same patterns. So, I mean, even in a way, and you're looking for patterns, you can see that the, the idealist perspective might have something of value as well. Um, but are we going to say that all revelation is, is patterns? No, no, this is, there, there is something coming in the future, which will fit and tie together and culminate all these patterns, one ultimate fulfillment. Thank you for listening to this sample selection from the almost 80-minute conversation I had with my friend David on Matthew 24 and the Tribulation. If you'd like to hear the full episode, simply follow the Patreon link in the show notes, where for $10 a month, you will have access to all the bonus episodes released. Thank you for your support of this late hour. May God richly bless you.